Hey guys, welcome to the BWAMS Podcast. My name is Richie Marufo and we're coming to you from Power at the Pass here in El Paso, Texas. Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. Co-hosting with me is the man. He's back. He's already returned. He was episode 23 and now he's back to help me co-host Mr. Rob Nice. Mr. In the Roberto house. Santos. In the house. In the That's house right, right here. Nice. How you brother. doing, man? My brother Richie. Good, man. How are you? What's up? Excellent. Just uh, enjoying the room, enjoying yeah. the studio. And uh, this is beautiful right here with the with the with the graffiti work and the and the art everywhere. I love it. Absolutely. Blaster and everywhere. guest mm-hmm. is Mr. Tafari Nugent. Tafari Nugent in the house. We're gonna talk about all types of issues, all types of subjects. We're gonna touch on New York. We're gonna touch on chess. We're gonna touch on kung, kung fu. fu. We're gonna talk about our philosophies on art and writing and, 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 and photography. And we're gonna go in so deep that you're gonna you're gonna talk. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop. So so grab a pen and pencil. New York stories. You know. You're gonna want, you're gonna want to listen in. Yeah, kung fu flicks. Did we already say that? Yeah. It's it's gonna yeah. be a hodgepodge of of beautiful great ideas conversation with with Tafari, our brother. You know what I'm saying? Be warm salute to my main man right here. All right. Peace. I'm doing well. And yourself? Excellent, excellent. So tell us a little about yourself. Well, I hail from Brooklyn. Um, Originally, that's where I'm from and born and bred. Um, I moved to El Paso right after 9-11, and I've been here ever since. Yeah. Yeah, man. You've been a a mainstay on uh, several scenes, literary scenes, right? As a master of Mm -hmm. fine arts and creative Mm -hmm. writing. uh, creative writing professor and uh just enjoyer of life yes 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) professor professor yes right right at at utep right you know what i'm saying so students are listening in and get to get to the like get a little bit more knowledge on on the man this is you know it's official official so how'd you guys meet whoa okay okay so uh back when i was hosting the open mic at the percolator um i saw this dude come in I was like, man, this looked like Buju Banton's cousin or something. <laughs> yeah. He had the dreads down to his shoulders. You know, yeah, he was wearing, he, mu- he must have been wearing like a leather jacket, like a fly leather jacket. And and I was on the, I think, I don't know what was going on. It was just the show was going on. And I said, you know what? I got to say what's up to this dude. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You know, I think that's what happened, right? Is that what happened? <laughs> that and that like, is what happened. And I was that like, what's what up, happened. my that's dude? Accurate. What's going on? Like, you gonna read a poem or something? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Exactly. I must have asked you, are you gonna read? You did challenge I, I me a couple every... of times. Yes. Were you gonna read? Were you gonna read? Um, it was actually three or four times that I was there before I actually read. Yeah. But yeah. on the fourth time, I was like, yeah, you know what? I might as well start reading from now. And I've been reading ever since. Right. Right. And so I was like, okay, word. So cool, cool. And then from there, um, we just started chilling. Yeah. Hanging out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, playing, trying to I, le- you know, trying to learn chess. Right, right. You know, trying to learn something, something. Um, what else? You're what big else? on chess, huh? Yes, very big. Um, <clears throat> actually, what pushed me onto chess was my uncle when I was five years old, and of course, like kung fu movies always talked about chess, yeah. like the mystery of chess boxing, uh, things like that, the Wu Tang. Um, they, they they also also talked about chess a lot, so. That's what inspired the play, okay. a great deal. So you saw, so so you were listen, you were like seeing uh, kung fu films and stuff, right? Of course, of and course. And you saw chess there, and you were like, "Yo, I'm gonna, I want to do this." Yes. So, so what's the next step then from there? What, what, what was your, 
venturing out to Washington Square Park and Mark Street in okay. Manhattan. Oh, yeah. In Manhattan. So you're from Brooklyn, though? Yes. You're from BK. BK. Represent from the yeah. land of yep. Biggie. BK you know to the illest. Land of Talib Kweli. Yep. Land of... of, of Most Def. Most Def. Def and Talib Kweli. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. Yassine Bey, right? Right. Uh, <clears throat> also, um, you know... Uh, Boot camp, some boot camp uh, tech yep. and Smokey La in them. Definitely, they, right? were, they were on. Um, they actually lived on the same street as one of my best friends growing up, Chris okay. Clark. Okay. Um, they actually tried to date his younger sister. What? On um, Buckshot, but uh-huh. he Chris wasn't having that. Crazy. Okay. Okay. Also, uh, J. Ru the Damager, isn't he from Brooklyn? Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Damn. Dang, I got my Brooklyn MCs down right See, now. See, you just probably like ran into people all the time over there. Huh? Oh yeah, like I, I would like one of the first people I ran into was Special Ed, and that was after his first album came out. Um, another person that I ran into um, now and then would be Chris, would ch- be Chub Rock. Chub Rock. Um, oh, he lived man. on Avenue I, yeah, like a couple of blocks away from me. Um, I lived around the Fushnikins. That's um, okay. cousins of who recently passed away. Um, Fife Dork. Okay, okay. But oh, I didn't know that. Right. I didn't know that. I, okay. Yeah, I just constantly run into people mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to see Biggie driving around. Right. So. Okay, okay, back to chess, though. Washington Square Park. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So how do you get on at Washington Square Park? Like, you don't know how to play chess. If you don't you know, know how to play chess, do not go to Washington Square Park. That is not the place. <laughs> but you didn't know how to play. You said you went to, to I, the spot. I mean, I did learn. Okay, I, okay. I was, um, by that time... That I was going, venturing to Washington Square, I'd already made my mark in chess. My okay. uncle had been teaching me for years, and just just going there was just like to test myself out. Uh-huh. But what would happen was um, you'd run into people and they'd be playing a game. You'd stand around and then wait for that game to be over, and then challenge the winner. Mm-hmm. And so that's like on the basketball court. Yeah, kinda, exactly, right? exactly. Okay. And basically, it was like um, a duel. Okay. It's literally like a duel. It was like um, you'd walk up to the person and say, "Hey, I want to play you." They'd accept, and oh. you go from there. Oh snap! Yeah. Okay, was it? You, can you bet? Can you play for money? Do oh, people definitely, play for money? definitely. Ten dollars a game. What? Ten dollars a game what? was the lowest. Really? That's I, a lot. No, psh, that was the lowest that I know about. I mean, <laughs> the I lowest. Don't, I don't, the highest. I don't know if it was, there were dollar games, but uh, the lowest that I heard of of ten dollar games. So, so if I win, you give me ten dollars. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and then people bet on who on games too. Yes, and who would win? They would stand around and be like, "Who do you think is gonna win?" And Ooh, they just measure you out. Okay, that's going on right now. If we went, definitely. I never, I never knew chess could be so intense. Dude, oh, it was like, like oh, it was, it was brutal. Like, yo, just, yo, some of the chess? most, some of the best chess players are incarcerated individuals because okay. they're so used to playing for okay. longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. They're what you called institutionalized players. Whoa, and. They would just break you down. Yes. Break you down. Wow. You Chess? think that you were you had a lot of skill, but they would definitely break you down. Yo, this is it's an emotional game, man, too. Yeah, because I like that. I remember like, you know what I'm saying? I'm learning, I'm learning, but and you know, I get the, I got the hang of the board a little bit, but sometimes when you feel like, yo, I'm I'm, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna I'm gonna win this <laughs> joint. You know, and, and it turns around on you, and you're like, Definitely. the game is like, no, you ain't. <laughs> right? And I'm going to take your queen. <laughs> right. That's and, exactly and, what happened. And, and, and I'm going to stomp on your king after, and it ain't nothing to me. <laughs> Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And like, and uh, it gets personal. You know, I played too far. I lost so many times. I stopped. What I was like, also? you know what? I was like, you know what? I almost beat him twice. 
I almost beat him yeah. twice. One time I made him a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. He started he like tapping his toe. He was sweating, scratching his beard and stuff like that. He was a little nervous, but but then he pulled out some like rule that I didn't know existed and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that was that's the only reason. That's what it was. That's right. what it was. It's a rule book. But right. I don't. I still don't. I still believe. Show him the rules. I still believe that I beat you that game because because I still. Be, I don't know. I'm gonna. You know. I'm gonna verify this. But <laughs> but my man, he's such a good like. You're such a good chess player, man. Like oh, it's crazy. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's crazy. Yeah. Have you uh, tried to participate in any, any chess activities here in El Paso, like chess clubs or getting people together to play? I definitely get a lot of people together. Um, a friend of mine, Ernesto. Mm-hmm. We play a lot of chess, so and we used to play it. Well, he's um, back east right now, but we used to play it every Sunday, and uh, every now and then we just go to the park and just challenge people. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and friend, Rob, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah, you guys. Yeah, for sure. I try to come through. You know, it has been it's been a minute. I had to recuperate my pride a little bit, let my pride <laughs> heal. Well, I'll tell you what. Like through after like losing so many times, you would probably go play someone else and probably like own them. Yeah, just that's through, true. Like, you know, playing and getting I used start, to it. I started beating the computer on the cell phone nice. a little bit. You know what I'm ah, saying? Like computer. a little bit. On normal. It's on normal. It used to be on easy, but on normal, it's I started still beating, beating the computer. Bit, you know? Yeah. My yeah. Uh, my friend Damien, for a little while, had a hashtag called Chess Everywhere. Uh-huh. And he would just carry his board around and play downtown oh, or in random places, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of bust it out, take that, a picture. That's basically everywhere. what I used to do in New York, was yeah. like bring my chess board around mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. Or travel with, I had like a special board that I'd have at home all the time. But there was definitely a board that I had that was a little bit smaller that I'd bring everywhere, everywhere and play people mm-hmm. with it. I remember a good friend of mine, um, Deflon. He used, um, when I used to bartend. Deflon, hold on, hold on, stop right there. Deflon. Deflon. Yo, that Def- is like an ill name. He, Deflon he was one like of the illest people. A he, dance hall reggae artist or no, something. No, no. Deflon. He was more of a, <laughs> you know uh, I mean? he was definitely more of a hip hop artist. He was, okay. okay um, right. Deflon was not his actual name. Deflon okay. was what he was known by. Oh. But he was a god body. He okay, was god like body. That. And um, he was just ill. Like, yeah. he was the, one of the illest rappers from I don't know how long, yeah. but um, we used to bartend together, mm. and we used to before the before we started bartending. Where was this? Where were you bartending? And Juniper Cafe. Juniper Cafe. And Dwayne and Dwayne and Red. Okay, where's that? What's it? What town? In Manhattan. Manhattan. Greenwich what city? Village. What borough? Okay. And um, before the before the shift would start, we'd bust out a game of chess and go back and forth at least three or four games. And he was ill. He was mm-hmm. definitely ill. Mm-hmm. But. All right. Wow, man. We we got a lot to touch on though because sure. you're you're like a jack of many trades. You definitely, know what I'm saying? Definitely. Like you do a lot of stuff. Like, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, list right here of some of the things that you before, do. As, as, before we move on, yeah, maybe, yeah, do, maybe, go maybe ahead, this go will ahead. actually be an opportunity to transition into another topic. But you know, um, you know, you're a man of thought, of words, and 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 I think meaning and significance. So I'm curious, what kind of takeaways, like what lessons do we pick up from chess? Um, think of chess of like as like four seasons. Okay. Okay. Like towards yourself, your queen is in the winter. The king is in the summer. The opponent, um, his queen is in the spring. And his king is in autumn. And basically, it's just that you're trying to make those seasons move along alongside each other mm-hmm. like you want um you want to keep the autumn and summer facing each other and moving towards each other you want to keep the winter and spring moving towards each other oh. when they start crossing each other 
you're getting conflicting weather. You're getting conflicting battles. Mm. Well, much poorer per se. Mm-hmm. But um, like for myself, I like to use a Spaniard opening. Okay. Um, yeah, that's um, one that utilizes the queen early. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, we so. getting deep into this, man. Yeah. He got the see. That's how you know you you talking to somebody who's serious about this. He knows the name <laughs> of, of different of movements yeah. and play and plays on the board. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's like. That's next level. Like you learn the board. Like you're like, okay, I can move this way or that way. Right, right. And, and then that's it's the first like, thing. then you start like strategizing, and then you start learning the like the names of the strategies. Right, you know right. What I'm Utilizing them. That is, you know, I'm gonna have to ask you more about the Spaniard opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? That sounds crazy. <clears throat> sounds like you're the guy to kind of go to if you want to get better for so chess, like, like a Yo. master, you know? Yo. Find a master. I've been playing since I was um, at least five years old. I'm 42 I, I, I want to see somebody beat this dude. Nobody, I don't think nobody in El Paso can beat him. I'm, cool I'm going to say that. I'm going to put it out there. I don't challenge, think anybody challenge. in El Paso. Definitely a challenge. You know what I mean? They have to be a grandmaster out here. No, no. no they don't have I mean? to be a grandmaster. They can just be master levels <laughs> just that just day. <laughs> that day. Okay, but, okay. You know, um, <laughs> the thing is to never give up, uh-huh. to yeah. always have hope, mm-hmm. um, even when it looks darkest. Mm. There might be somebody might make a mistake. Everybody's human. Mm-hmm. Playing the computer, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. But when you're playing an individual, you're playing another human. Yeah. So they as being human, they're prone to mistakes. Mm. They're mm. prone to accidents. They're okay. prone to neglecting what they're supposed to do. So just stick with it and then you'll you'll find victory. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. Wow, man. Right, right there. Yes. There's the poetry that's right there. You're a poet. <laughs> this man is a poet. <clears throat> Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Like um, I like to do a lot of haiku, mm-hmm. but I also do microfiction, short stories, screenplays. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a large, there's a large um, setting that I like mm-hmm. to do. So. Mm-hmm. so you went through the uh, the uh, University of Texas El Paso yes. Creative Writing Program. Yes, the MFA in Creative Writing. Right? Yes, and so um, like, what what made you get into that? Like, how did you? How does somebody? Yeah, like how does somebody from Brooklyn, New York? Yeah get into a creative writing program in El Paso, Texas. Like what? that, that is like crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? I know it's a loaded question because I know the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I want to see where you're going to take us. Well, you know what I mean, but I've right. been writing since I was in the fifth grade. Uh-huh. My first book was like something simple mm. called um, Mr. Worm Finds a Home. Mm. But it won an extra Jack Keats award. Mm. And so from since then, I've been inspired to write. Mm. Um, I used to write, after writing that book, I wasn't as literate. I would be more of a spoken word type of dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do a lot of freestyles and things like that. I'm from Brooklyn, so of mm-hmm. course I used to rhyme. Yeah. yeah. But there was a point when I fell out of love with rhyming. Uh. Like one producer one day said to me, you know, you're really going to make it, but all you got to do is make people dance. Yeah. And I refused. Yeah. Mm. I was, I was much more about telling people the news of what's going on than making people just party. Yeah. And so that made me shift. Mm-hmm. So... Man, I wish more people would think that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, dang, our ears would be like... On another level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it was what it was. And for a lot of years, I fell out of hip-hop. But I fell back into it when I came to... Actually, when I came to El Paso. Um, one of the first times that I came out here... I was at a par- at a house party, mm-hmm. but to learn the power of rap, I was battling in the house party. Mm. Yeah, and 
I actually I actually won. And two cousins that I was rapping against yeah. ended up fighting each other. Wow. wow. And so like they tried to prove who was the better person. Okay. And they didn't, but it just made me not like rap because I knew the power that it held. Okay. Ah, I was like, I, I knew see. the power that inspired. Yo, man, I've seen some crazy MC battles. And it does and get like, crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get into all my stuff, but I've seen some crazy feelings get hurt. Feelings get hurt. People, people get start mad. crying. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? People like, get broken down. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it. I, well, storming off. <coughs> yeah. You know I mean? Right? Um, right? Reflection of someone's off. ego. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I myself... I know I'm not the best rapper, but I like to rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I no. didn't mind losing. I was just yeah. like, you were just a better lyricist than me, so mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. okay. That, what that. were those battles like, though? Like, were they um, like they are today, like with like no instrumental on, like two people like talking like, first of all, well, this mm-hmm. man's pants is tight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is it like that kind of thing back then, or is it In Brooklyn, different? you know, people used to just come up to you. And be like, hey, you want to battle? Yeah. Literally. Like, literally somebody... And you knew you, what they were talking about. You're just walking down the street and somebody's walking up to you like, hey, you, you want to battle? Man, I want someone to come up to me and ask me that. <laughs> it was just the oddest things. I mean, um, an f- old friend of mine by the name of Courtney Baines, um, we were walking down Avenue H one day. Yeah. And then these kids from Tilden High School were standing at the bus stop. And then all of a sudden, one of them asked, do you want to battle? We started rhyming. Mm-hmm. And they were like, whoa. You're really good. And they gave up. Yeah. But okay. it just shows you the level that um, mm-hmm. people recognize and the people that the, and the level that people can go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so oh, I don't want to interrupt you. No, but no, go ahead. Going, so you went from that to like writing, writing poetry right away. And then, and then how did you get to El Paso and stuff? Well, I actually got to El Paso because of 9-11. I left New York because oh. of um, like just... Yeah. It was just a bit too much for me at the time. Mm-hmm. So I came out here to El Paso. Um, but I got into creative writing because I needed a vehicle to write, to, to get my words out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I wanted to rhyme. I was still I still had that lyrical quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that the MFA taught me was more narrative. Mm-hmm. And so I made a kind of shift, not too much of a shift, but mm-hmm. I kind of shifted away from the lyrical and went more to the narrative. And... Um, the MFA prop, the MFA probably just set me on a grander path. Right. Um, once again, coming from a hip hop standpoint, that's why I'm more of a poet writer. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. I do, but once again, I do write short stories, and that's the narrative quality that mm. the school taught me. But poems and things like that is more of my hip hop standpoint. Right. So. Like I read, you know, you let me read your graduate thesis okay. when you were working on it. Uh-huh. You know, and what was that on? The, yo, it was that was dope. on El Paso. Yeah, it was all about El Paso. Yeah, yeah. and and every voice and all the all the voices in these poems were like the people speaking. It wasn't like a, a narrator mm-hmm. narrating. It's like first person perspective. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Poems where the setting and the people are speaking for themselves. You know, and I read that, and it was crazy because. I had never read your, uh, like, I'd never got into your work so closely Mm -hmm. until then, Mm -hmm. you know? And I knew you wanted some feedback from me and stuff like that. So I I had to think really, like, think deeply about it, you know? And I remember it, like, knowing that you're hip-hop, 
mm-hmm. I remember that I was like, yo, this is crazy that like, this was not hip hop. I didn't feel the hip hop in your poetry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, to me, it was like, it was like beyond hip hop. You know, it was like, it was like beyond that. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Well, to me, but it was it, actually more mm-hmm. reflective of hip hop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't reflective of the lyrical part of hip hop, but it was mm-hmm. reflective of people just telling their story. There we right. go. And okay. So okay. My, um, my, thesis was basically about that people telling their aspects of their stories mm. so there was never um like a main character or a narrator mm-hmm. right everybody shared that main character role yeah. um as the character shifted i just believe that the um that that was the best aspect to approach it by so mm-hmm. i did so i see now now i'm seeing that connection there mm-hmm. and then you say it that way you know what i mean but that's deep that's deep right there. So it's like another manifest, another way to approach it. Definitely. But the rhyme was, was the rhythm and the rhyme was different. You know what I mean? It wasn't in the, like, it wasn't like a Saul Williams poem. Right, right. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like when I, you had your dreads, I was like, yo, this is like a Saul Williams poet or something. But mm-hmm. you were not like that. No, not at all. It's very visual, it, like imagery, like not that he's not, but um, mm-hmm. like not, you know, it was just, it just felt, um, ac- there was an academic to it mm-hmm. you know and I knew you were Definitely doing something like I mean, you were doing like you had a perspective <clears throat> you know what I'm saying that you were trying to craft with that and I appreciated it, it certain pers- certain professors like um, Lex Willifred um, Jeff Serkin they more directed me towards um, being once again more narrative mm-hmm. tell the image of what's mm-hmm. going on instead of telling like the song lyrics of what's right. going on Mm-hmm. Building off the song lyrics. That's what. That's wow. important. That's important knowledge right there to have for just, writers. You just know, to build off the image, but yeah, yeah, that's dope. So that's dope, man. So okay, so you're at UTEP, um, getting your MFA, and yes. then you started teaching there. Yes. Cool. How's that been, man? A creative writing. Professor. I mean, it's the same thing. It's um, it's like a chain of events, mm-hmm. and along that chain, each thing prescribed the, the next thing mm-hmm. um hip-hop what i gained from that was the thing of letting everyone speak for themselves mm. and, and that's what i'm doing in writing yeah i'm trying to get, let every student attack the um information from their own standpoint mm. not to take mm-hmm. on someone's standpoint but to give their own views yeah and yeah i always wow. believe in that and telling each student hey Everybody's a good writer. It's just you have to write about what you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Right? Like I have, I've had some creative writing students where, you know, they're from El Paso and, you know, everyone has the right to write however they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I see a lot of um, my creative writing students, they come in and they want to sound like they're Shakespeare or somebody. And they're using words like that aren't amongst theirs. and yeah. like yeah. Yeah. thus and like... <clears throat> for vow and shit. I do find that. I do find that. You know that what I mean? Yeah. And like I'm mm. wondering like why do we do that? Why do people think that you got to say like thou? You know, mm-hmm. not, not that you can't because as poets we want access to all the words. You know what I'm saying? Well, so I'm not saying let me limit my words. I just wonder why like why don't we know how to find our own voice? Our, yeah. Like um, how do we not you know what I'm saying? Like what I find is that most people want to replicate Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but they want to replicate greatness so that they find that they are, they themselves are great. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't think that they're great. Yeah. What I try to tell and impart it to each student is that each one of you is great. Each one of you needs to be heard. Yeah. You mm-hmm. might not want to be heard, but you need to be heard. Mm. In order for society to grow, we need to hear all of your voices. It's a chorus. It's not a solo. It's a chorus. Mm-hmm. If you want to that listen to deep. the solo, then right. I'm go ahead. But right. the chorus is much grander mm-hmm. and takes you much further. That's right. Yeah, but, yeah that's deep stuff. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, man. That's a Whitman-esque, you know, when I think mm-hmm. of like the chorus of what what constitutes mm-hmm. our community exactly society it's exactly. all these voices that's true man that's true oh man you know so i don't know if i ever told you but you are a mentor to me man i i, I look up to you oh thank you you're like like i feel like you're like uh like a big brother or something to me where that i learn from you thank know you, thank and you. and uh and i and i feel like you look out for me you know what I'm saying? I appreciate and, it. I appreciate it greatly. And I want you to know I'll do anything for you. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you I appreciate you need. it greatly. Yeah. Even though you whoop me in chess, <laughs> even though yeah, I could probably I'll probably never beat you unless you're like, like um, like you just wet, let me win or something like that. You know, because you feel sorry for me. That would probably be like the only way. <laughs> I think you know your game is getting better. So okay, well we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but um, you 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 have mad knowledge about a lot of things, man. And and you know I'm a hip hop head. Mm-hmm. You know, I love like reggae music and I love um, all things, um, you know, all things those. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. You you know, know, all that. Um, um, And so, so like you, you one time was talking to me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I grew up, man, um, when I was on the East Coast. Listening to Hot 97. Same thing. Listening to uh, when I moved to Buffalo to like a college radio station and I got put up on dance hall, reggae, uh-huh. and like rugged, like underground hip hop stuff, you okay. know, in that era. And this is like, I don't know, it was, you know, so, so there was a track out and it was with uh, uh, KRS One and Mad Lion. Okay. Mad Lion, KRS. Yeah. Ice Cream Walk Seller. Like a Champion. No, not Walk Like a Champion. Which was it? It was Walk Like a Champion? No, no, no. Mad Lion Walk and like KRS-One. No, that's, that's Cape Lutton. Who oh, did uh, Mad Lion, KRS-One, Double Trouble. I don't remember. Double Trouble, yeah. Uh-huh. And then um, and then Mad Lion had his album. Um, Shoot to Kill. Every Day. Yeah. Yo, that music was so hard. And I was like, I listened to, to Mad Lion, and I was like, this is mad lion right here like his voice is like rocker dog rocker dog. Yeah. And it was presence like, huh yo mad lion like blew my mind my mind uh-huh. okay like it just for some reason it hit me at a point in my life where i had never heard that before you know and i love matt you know mad lion mm-hmm. like big box of blunts and like all that stuff and mm-hmm. i still love mad lion and so i'm telling tafari one day and i'm like yo tell me about mad lion man you know what i'm saying like you ever see mad lion in new york uh-huh. you know <laughs> And, yeah, and, selling and ice cream. Yeah, tell me. And he said, "Selling ice cream." Yeah, t- t- please bless us with this Matt. And tell much respect story, to man. Matt yeah. Lyon. I doubt he'll ever listen to this podcast. But I'll, ta- I'll tag him. Much respect. But I want to know. Tell us about Matt Lyon again. My friend Courtney Baines. He used to um, he used to sell ice cream to uh, everybody at two thirty five. PS two thirty five. Um, That's an elementary school. Yes. Okay. That's the history of Mount uh, Mad Lion. He came from ice cream to being one of the hardest, like reggae artists, hip hop artists, slash hip hop artists yeah. around. Wow! 
So he sold ice cream. Sold ice cream. And what what was the name? What was his name? What's his name? Like his name that you, what'd y'all call him? Do you remember? I'm not sure. I'm no? not I'm not too sure about Matt Lyon. What was his name? But um what if is? I if I got in contact with Courtney, he would know. He would know. Okay. Yeah. These New York stories, man, are crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? And you you've heard you've heard some, huh? Yes, I've heard some. Definitely heard wanna some. share some interesting the ones. The one huh? about the one about your homie who was trying to like jump over a this like unfinished bridge or something like that. That was me. That, you, that <laughs> was not you. Yeah. <laughs> that was not your homie. That was you. That was me. Um, actually, when I was in high school, some friends and my some friends of mine. There was Benny, Jason, and Sean. Mm-hmm. We were walking across the Manhattan Bridge. Mind you, it's the Manhattan Bridge. Mm-hmm. Like the Brooklyn Bridge, you can walk across. The Manhattan Bridge, you're not supposed to walk across. <laughs> okay. Um, we didn't know it was the Manhattan Bridge because. Yeah. There was no cars going. We figured, hey, let's take this bridge and go across. When oh we got to like the middle, construction stopped. Oh, there was a big gap in the road. So me, being who I was, a, a nut kid at the time, and I was on the track team, I said, hey, I'm gonna jump that. Whoa. And I did. I literally did. But um, my friend Sean, he decided to go with me. So he, but he didn't jump across. He climbed across. Mm. There was a gate on either side. He climbed across it, said, okay, let's go. Um, our other two friends, Jason and Benny, Jason decided he was going back to school. He gave up. Benny was like, I can't let him go by himself. So he walked him to the train station. And two weeks later, Jason and Benny got into a huge fight. Um, I, Sean, and Jason were playing Street Fighter at the video store. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it gets like an arcade, like some kind of arcade. It would no, it was it was actually a video store. Okay. Um, it actually got dark, Uh and I was like, huh, it looks like it's gonna rain. Yeah. So, when I went outside to look like to look and see if it was gonna rain, I saw Benny, and like a hundred, a hundred and fifty Decepticons. Which was the uh, a local Brooklyn gang at the time? Yo, uh-huh. that's the Septicons. Yeah. That, um, Damn. Uh, Help the Skelter. That was that was yeah their, yeah. That was their, their gang. Wasn't yeah. It? What from? from they the weren't there, but that is their gang. Oh my goodness. That, that, that's the gang they were a part of. Um, Don't ask me why I know these things. Oh I'm yeah, not even that, from that's out there. That's I just, crazy. I'm just a hip hop nerd. You no, know no, that's mean, so. that's crazy. That's a that's as a matter of fact, the high school that another friend of mine, David, went to. Um, well, actually, someone I used to know, um, Brooklyn Tech. Mm-hmm. That's a, around where Helter Skelter and um, a lot of the boot camp clique were affiliated with the Septicons. Wow! And so, like, um, Ca- um, Clara Barton and Prospect Heights. Yeah, there was a lot of leader. That was that was known as Cybertron. There was a lot of leaders from the Autobots that went to those schools. Whoa! But, this yeah, is like, just a crazy what talking time. about. Right yeah, now. You yeah. Know what I mean, um, okay. So what? What do you think, Richie? Fascinating stories, man. Yeah. Storyteller, like you know, I, I can tell you just have stories upon stories. Oh and, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, they're, they're so important in our lives. The way Definitely. it connects it us, shapes us, it shapes our upbringing, us. Yeah, it connects us, it shapes us. Where we've been, where yeah, we're going, right? And uh, are there any stories in particular that you like to to share with your students, like when you're teaching? Well, one story would be about Stretch Armstrong. Mm. DJ Stretch Armstrong. He used to be on the radio with mm-hmm. um, Papito, um, but when I when I had at the time given up on hip hop, I was working in the restaurant biz. 
like I said before, I'm at Juniper Cafe on Dwayne and Rich mm-hmm. and Red in Greenwich Village. Up the block from the restaurant is where um, Stretch Armstrong lived. So one time, Stretch invited me to a party in Manhattan. I had to travel to Manhattan late at night. Um, when I walk in, Stretch um, starts spinning Toxicity, one of the System of the Down songs. Ah. And that was the first time I had heard that song and the first right. time I'd heard System of the Down. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, I've been a great fan of System of the Down. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that he introduced me to rock. Uh, a friend of mine, Jose Mangan, that's on a competitive station, but mm-hmm. Jose Mangan, um, he took me to my first rock show mm-hmm. and just I just went from there. Yeah, word, man. That's crazy. So you're into all kinds of music, all definitely, kinds of definitely. Stuff. Lots right? of influences. Yeah, I know you're into like a like Kid Cudi. You do Kid Cudi? Oh, of course, you of still course. Like Kid Cudi. Okay, definitely, okay. definitely love Cudi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, recently you were on a a guest presenter at Tumble Words. Yes. Want to give a shout out to Tumble Words? You know, it's a uh, one of the longest running writing workshop groups in El Paso for I believe over 20 years now. Uh, pretty much consistently meeting on Saturdays at Memorial Park Public Library from 12.45 to 2.45. Done cool things. Um, you recently presented, and uh, you, you talked about microfiction. Can definitely, you tell us definitely. a bit more about that? Um, it's basically stories in less than 25 words. Hmm. 25 words is your limit. It's anywhere between there, but 25 words is your limit. Okay. Um, it's anything. It's uh, anything you want to talk about, anything you mm-hmm. want to display within, once again, the confines mm-hmm. of 25 words. I like to hear you read something at some point, like when you're, you know, when, when if, you, if you have something that you could share with us, maybe That'd some great, haiku or, or some type of uh, one of your pieces. You know, I don't know when is the appropriate, is this the appropriate time or, I, I, or is it? I think it's, uh, it's been invoked. Let's okay, all right. Well, one was um, called Afterthought and it's, the pilot couldn't remember if he had taken the medication in that morning. It was the last thing he thought. Hmm. That was it. Oh, yeah. Oh. So you posted that. And I, I did post that on Facebook recently. Wait, the pilot couldn't remember if he took his medication that morning. Comma. That, it was the last thing he thought. The last thing, thing he thought. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, another one is called Jihad. Okay. And what it's um, saying is, it wasn't the country forgetting him, comma, or even the bomb taking his legs, semicolon. It's the look of, on the girl's face that hurt John the most. Mm. And that's once again talking about all of the stories in the mm. Middle East and in Asia. Wow. Yeah. But, that's a heavy yeah. one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so haiku, you got, hit us with a haiku. You got some haiku? I definitely got some haikus. Definitely. I feel like, like I'm DJing. No, no, uh, right now. Yeah. no. Please. He posts uh, haiku like pretty much every day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty consistently. Uh, just sharing them, and it's about everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, in the beginning of January was the wolf moon. That's what the full moon was called. Mm. And so I wrote, um, where wolves prowl at night, la luna shines bright, stars hide, afraid of shadows. Mm. Um, another one was, wolves lead wandering, pondering, sun-soaked skylines in the fullest moon. Mm. So... Like simple oh, things like that. With the alliteration. Right? Okay. Yeah, even in a haiku. Right? Right. Okay. Um, another one was, in the world that keeps, this is when um, Tom Petty passed away. Mm, this okay. is, in a world that keeps p- 
pushing me around. No, comma, I won't back down. And another one was, oh. she was a good girl, crazy about Elvis, loves horses and a boyfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a Tom Petty lyric right there. But for something that was about the day, it was um, watching hummingbirds looking at butterflies soar. Days spent at the park. Mm-hmm. So something mm-hmm. simple. I mean, yeah. yeah. I like That's my um, writings to to mirror simple life effects. Right. You okay. know, simple things that in everyday life. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that's interesting because you, you take, you're a photographer mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Like prolific, you know, like you have like some amazing pictures. Thank you, thank you. I really love your, your work. Uh, What's your Downtown Instagram? El Paso, man. Thank you. What's your Instagram page? Um, T-A-E-M-N-7 at Instagram.com. Yeah, you yeah. got to see his pictures. Um, it reminds me of your aesthetic for the haiku. Uh-huh. Mm. They're very, they're like simple. I don't want to say simple because they're like I the would, angles I would crazy, say simple, but they're like meditative shots. There's rarely people snapshots. in them. It's like, uh, mm. like, like we're looking at, and and you have pictures of the same building, mm-hmm. but different angles, angles different yeah. ways, different days. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's and so there's there's a, it's certain a certain Zen nature to to your photography uh-huh. that is unique. I think that. You know, definitely noticed that it. as well. Yeah. When I try to um, get shots, I always try to um, get multiple shots of the same, sometimes the same setting. Mm-hmm. The reason is because I want people to know that everything has a different view. Even if you're looking at the same thing, you're looking at it from a different angle, a different spot, mm-hmm. and it gives you a different feeling every time. And so I try to repeat that image in an altered way. Yeah. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. Who's your favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan? Oh, without a doubt, Ghostface Killer. Ghostface. Ghost yeah. Face. Okay. Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you feel he's better when he's with Ray? No. No. Okay. Explain. Because I was surprised by that you're, answer. I thought that, that they're the dynamic you duo. You were so convicted, you know too. I mean? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they are. They, they are dynamic together. But Ghostface, he put out Iron Man. Yeah. He put out Supreme Clientele. Yes. He put out albums that could stand the weight, that were classics. Yes. Whereas Raekwon, he couldn't. <laughs> so <laughs> The purple tape. Immobilarity. Immobilarity. There was some bangers on Immobilarity. Like in the, you know, there was some, it and wasn't there was the some purple dead tape. shots also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It wasn't the purple tape, but the purple tape part two was kind of dope too, though. The concept of Immobilarity, I was like. It's typical Rayquana, making okay. up a word. <laughs> I was not down with it. All right, all right. Favorite kung fu film or series? Ooh. You're rocking the Shogun Assassin shirt now. I, I was about to mention that. Yeah. Um, Shogun Assassin right is um, also Kojiro Okami or Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm-hmm. Um, Shogun, it, it's not actually in that Shogun Assassin is a, an assimilation mm. of all six Lone Wolf and Cub films. It's actually six films spliced together in one to one. Oh. Hmm. So, so they chopped it and screwed yeah, it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of hip-hop in that, right? What what actually uh, draws you into no, kung fu up, films? But was that your favorite, that's your favorite series? No. No, okay, what's your favorite kung fu series? Sorry, Michi. Yeah, yeah. My bad, I want to get to this. I got to get to this. It would have to be Zatoichi. 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 Okay, yeah. we got homework to do. Yeah. 
Check it out. He's the blind sword. I mean, I have like at least 24 of his movies. Wow. He was the blind swordsman. Okay. He would go to a village. There would be problems in the village. He would kill everybody. (laughs) They'd leave. And um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Zatuichi. Okay, my bad, Richie. No, Go that's ahead. that's great. No, I'm just. I mean, like, so your knowledge mm-hmm. of of kung fu films is is obviously very very vast, very deep. very deep. And very so, deep. what what pulled you in? What's the, the the draw for you? The draw for me for that was, of course, in New York when I was growing up. Kung fu flicks would play every Saturday at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. I was. Watching them since I was young. Where at? Where were they playing? They were playing on Channel Five. Okay. Literally okay. On, on. There would be like the um, Saturday move matinee or something like oh, that. We need that today. And man, this day it would and age. just come on and be sick. They mm. would have movies like the Five Deadly Venoms. Yeah. Mm. The Kid with the Golden Arms. A lot of Shaw Brother classics, but okay. they also put in a lot of other movies like yeah. by um, Run Run Shaw and Golden Harvest. Okay. And just. Other t- Give uh, us some other titles. Throw some other titles. I out love there. the titles. For, like, for all the, the nerds. You know, for um, all the let's nerds. see. Let's see. <laughs> Duel of the Iron Mike mm-hmm. was. That's the one that Jizz is sampled, right? That Jizz is sampled. Okay. Um, but it was inspired by Duel of the Iron Fist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see. One of the latest actually ventures is Steve Punk Kung Fu. Hmm. Kung Fu is elevated. Like when it when I first started watching it, they would call it um, just basically kung fu. Mm-hmm. But then it went to string kung fu. Okay, that's the Jet Li period. Yeah, he would be I like that period doing martial arts using the string, mm-hmm. and it would make him fly and do things like that, jumping oh, right, ridiculous right. heights. All that stuff. And trees. now th- um, they've transformed it to steampunk. So what's that like? Um, it's a bit of a little, a, a very minuscule amount of string mm-hmm. and more high end kung fu. What is that? What's high end kung fu? Um, let's see. Like, there's a movie by, I don't remember his name. I'm trying to remember his name, but it was about Liang Luchan. Mm-hmm. It was about, it was a once, uh, um, a Tai Chi movie. It was, uh, basically Tai Chi 1 and Tai Chi 2. Yeah. Um, it's the, Origination of Yang Luchan, who started the second, or actually the third series of Tai Chi. He goes to Chen Village. He learns from the master, which is Chen, Master Mm -hmm. Chen. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he comes up with his own style of Tai Chi, which is Yang style Tai Chi, long fist Tai Chi. Wow. But he had two sons. um, They came up with Tai Chi also. Well, they came up with their own styles of Tai Chi, rather. Um, It's... The Chen style first, and then Chen Pao Tu, and then Yang, and then Wu, and then Sun. Mm. But there are there are other forms of Tai Chi, but those are the main forms. So man, I gotta get up on that. It's a lot of knowledge being dropped, man. Yeah, we're uh, dropping too much knowledge. Uh, I gotta be writing down. I mean, the cool thing though is that this episode's gonna be out there online. You can listen to it many times. Yeah, right? twenty Multiple times. times. So just write this exactly. stuff down. Just man. start writing everything down. And, you know, mm-hmm. what's a mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> what's a oh, uh, a good starter flick for someone to check out. Well, if you're old school, I would check out Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're new, if you're more new school, I would check out Stephen Chow in um, Kung Fu Soccer. Okay. If you're super new school, <laughs> I would check out, like I said, um, the steampunk movie Tai Chi One. Yeah. Tai Chi so, I've okay. seen Chow uh, actually. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle is like one of my favorites. Uh, Films actually, it's huh. a nice blend of uh, 
comedy and action and, and like a little bit of romance. And I think his first film was um, King of the Beggars. Mm. I haven't and seen that one yet. That one uh, was, he was an illiterate martial artist, mm -hmm. but he was a martial artist. His father was also illiterate, but he was the, not the governor, but a high-ranking official. Mm. And he was trying to get um, his son to be the bodyguard of the prince. But then the bodyguard, but then the prince um, asked um, him to write something. He found out that Stephen Chow was illiterate. And so because of that, he banishes his father and him to suffer a life of being beggars. But by the end of the, of the movie, he proves himself a hero. And instead of letting the um, emperor lose face, he says, okay, I'll be a beggar. But everybody has to give to me. Like he has a bowl that tells you, oh, the emperor gave me this and you have, you have no choice. You have to give to me. It's a sick movie. Yeah. Okay. Very check cool, that out man. For sure. So for we sure. got some interesting notes here. Tell, tell me about this one. Uh, oh, so they got oh. some. Yeah. Okay. So, so just because I know you got the knowledge, you know, <laughs> and we got you here, you know, today. In the studio. Happy to spread. Right. And so I got to hit you with the ancient age old question, you know, chicken or egg? What chicken came first. Chicken? The chicken. The chicken. Why the chicken? I don't know. Potent why? Potentiality always exceeds. Um, well, actually, excuse me. Actuality always precedes potentiality. Oh. And Wait, so, say that again. What? Actuality, uh -huh. meaning the chicken, which mm -hmm. is actually a bird, uh -huh. always precedes potentiality. The egg is a potential chicken, so the chicken came first, <laughs> oh. not the egg. The potential chicken. Damn. I like. I like that. I like that. These are crazy. Like that's a crazy story. But then, like, the, but then, if the chicken was there, then how did that get there? I mean, poof. That's what. That's the problem, right? That's the from so another that, chicken. That's what mm -hmm. leads you to like a belief in religion. Yeah. I mean, if you believe the God story, the Christian version of the God story, God actually created the chicken, not the egg. Okay. Um, if you believe evolution, oh, yeah. maybe the chicken evolved from a bird, a predecessor. In, the, in that case, the egg was before the chicken. Like, because there were eggs before the chickens were even around. Well, as as a as a bird, as a species, as a as an animal. Yes, yes, there were eggs. There were eggs. There was the chicken egg. <laughs> what you mean? There was oh the concept of the oh, egg. Yeah. yeah, the concept of an egg. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're getting, getting we're getting beyond potential this now getting, and just like so then conceptually so then, okay <laughs> eggs wow. have been around. That's true. But I, I Before like, like dinosaurs because, had eggs. You know, eggs. if we look yeah. at the um, Adam and Eve story, uh -huh. it you know that the, that the woman came from the rib right. of the man right. Like, don't nobody give birth from a rib. You True. know what I'm saying? True. Like, how you going? I never heard, first of all, of a man giving birth. And second of all, a person being born from somebody's ribs. You that's know only I mean? so like, like the male dominance so thing. what it's, do you think? How, what, man, that's, I mean, when, once again, that's why I'm <laughs> not a Christian. Not, you know. But um, that's the male dominance thing of mm -hmm. males being superior to women mm -hmm. and women coming from men. Um, oh, I see. Whereas... In like an evolutionary view of things, or in a mystical form of things, men and women came at one time, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. were always there. Mm -hmm. And so, we're not descended from one thing, man. We're descended from man and woman. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because yeah. that's how people are born. Right, right, absolutely. It, right? it takes two. It takes <laughs> to, two. You know, <laughs> a woman can't do it by herself, and neither can. 
you yeah. know, like a man mis- mysteriously and miraculously. But I did hear that that uh, that uh, a woman could. There is a circumstance where a woman could give birth without a man. I heard there was a circumstance, but I don't like. Hmm. I don't know. It was beyond my artificial insemination. It was something. It was something else. I don't know what it was, but I'll I'll share it with you when I figure it out. Mm. Huh. Mm. Um, when you figure it out. When I figure this you're out, you're scientifically <laughs> go in yourself. Be never. Which <laughs> <laughs> we don't don't hold your breath on me getting this information. Back okay. To you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. So, man, this is this is crazy. It's good to have you here. For sure, show. man. Thank you for having me. No doubt, no doubt. What else, man? I feel like I feel like um, we're just barely scratching the surface right now. That's how I always feel doing these shows. Like you start talking, and, and then like, oh wow, we're coming up on on, on forty eight minutes, and yeah, yeah. it's like what? And we still have so much to talk about. So <laughs> it's it's, it's fun though, because mm-hmm. it it opens passageways, doorways of, of conversation. Mm-hmm. No doubt, um, no doubt, man. So many more stories. What you were talking about, MC Shan, and MC. And I don't know people who. Well, some of our listeners might not know who MC Shan is, but do MC you think Shan you can was one t- of the greats. Us with that um, from Queensbridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I was just telling the story about m- remembering when he passed away. Yeah, I remember getting ready for on PS two thirty five and listening to Hot ninety seven, just mm-hmm. like you said, mm-hmm. DJ Red Alert, and. He just said, MC Shan is going. And I remember that was the first time I could actually think of one of my heroes passing away. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man, really? MC Shan? Um, I remember his song, The Bridge is Over, which is talking about Queensbridge. Mm -hmm. And just how I felt about him passing away. Like he was in um, many battles with KRS-One. He would go back and forth with KRS-One, but that's how the battle was won. Yeah. So... Wow, man, that's deep. So, so he was one of the pioneers. He was definitely one of the pioneers. He, mm-hmm. um, you could see him on how many tapes, how many albums. He yeah, did. He man. Did, uh, live shows. He did some stuff like some like remix stuff for like Mob Deep. I yep. remember. <clears throat> yeah. You know, yeah. and um, well, no CNN Capone Noriega. I think he did some beats from some remix stuff. From, right. I think he by is the, that possible? He, no, 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 no. Marley Mar. That might have been Marley Marl, but MC Shan passed away. Are you talking away. MC Shan? I'm switching yeah. this. The, MC the Shan whole passed script. away a long time before that. Mm. A long time before Mob Deep. Okay. Um, I was thinking about Marley Marl. Ah, my yeah, bad. Okay. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I can see the confusion because. Because they're both from Queens, right? Yes, yes. And um, Marley Marl was one of the greats also. He produced like Big Daddy Kane, um, Kooji Rap, plenty, a plethora of, of artists. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Deep. You got to know the ancestors. Right. You know what I'm saying? Recognize, so, man. Yeah, pay homage. Let's see. Well, we're, we're coming up uh, uh, almost on the hour. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to, you know, maybe get your perspective on, on poetry and mm-hmm. art. You know. Well, on a personal note, um, I always try to give dialogue the preeminence because I want every voice to be heard. Every mm-hmm. voice is due to be Crucial. heard. Mm. Um, the reason why I, I myself remove narration from most of my stories, um, even though I do use narration, don't let me get, don't let me get it wrong that, um, that I don't use narration now and then. But for most of my stories, I have removed narration because it seems like a useless vehicle, mm. just a technique wow. of writing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this voice that comes out of nowhere that just knows everything in the story. And I'm yeah. like, 
well, why do I need this? Why can't I let this omniscient narrator? Wow, right. man. Let I, each character I, speak for themselves. And that. so, like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they call him omniscient, like, like, uh, like the God, like a God, like, yeah, right. yeah. Just figure. Figure. I mean, yeah. when it's the case that someone from within the story is telling the story, I can kind of understand it. But when it's someone that's not connected to the story, yeah, it's like, who is speaking to us? Right. right now? Who is speaking to us? <laughs> Whose perspective is speaking? The writer. You huh. know, I always think that the narrator, when in that case, is just that. Mm. Um, it's the writer's feeling. It's the writer's um, ideas of the story. Yeah, being imprinted upon you. So instead of letting the um, each and every character speak for themselves and give you a and give you a clearer dialogue, mm-hmm. um, you have to rely on one dialogue and. Your impressions from that can be askewed. Wow. So that's really interesting because we're talking about narratives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the, the plural. Get, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so when we when we whose narrative who is whose narrative do we believe? Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And like that that goes into life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. whose narrative are we listening to that yes, is yes. shaping our perspective that, of the I world? Mean, you know, once again, Professor Serkin, he gave me that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was one of the initial um, prompts for that. Wow! Like he'd give us stories like um, by Kirk Wagner, uh, yeah. by the, well, not by, but the Sound and the Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy Aker, I remember he assigned one of those hmm. when I was in his class. Mm-hmm. He's he's. Uh, Lost in the Funhouse, Kathy Yeah, Aker. yeah. He, he's mm-hmm. he's a, a very knowledgeable oh, yeah. writer. Yeah, so. for sure. For right. sure. That's deep stuff. I wasn't expecting yeah, was like man. A, I wasn't expecting to go there at right now. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> but that, that idea of narration, you know? I really appreciate it because uh, a lot of things we go without questioning. Mm-hmm. And it's something like a, a focus of a narrator. Mm, right. You know, I like, exactly. I like turning around and... Like, who's saying this? Why, why our, is he telling yeah. me this story? Yeah. You need, like... I I've hardly run up on a person that's asked why is this narrator telling the story, <laughs> and the answer is usually revealing. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like I've eliminated mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So that's but, interesting, man. Wow. Huh. Let people narrate their own their lives, right? Exactly. Their own stories. Mm-hmm. I, I saw something similar to that. You know, like it's cool be voice of the voiceless, but you know what's even better is like pass the mic. Pass the mic. Right, yeah. right, exactly, exactly. Like same kind of concept. Don't take it for yourself. Yeah. Don't um, be the one hey, instigating the story. These guys over here need to like. Right, exactly. Let yeah. each voice speak for themselves. There are a lot of activists that that will speak in the we mm-hmm. rather yes. than the I. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like we achieved this. We have organized to do this. Right, you right. Know? And it's that they've taken them them themselves out of it, and it's a collective community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, effort. Yeah, and I, I think that, that that's deep. That's deep stuff. That's that we should think about. Yeah, something to to uh, kind of gnaw on a little bit. Well, definitely, gnaw definitely. on that. Gnaw on that, like that more some so. mind mind sandwiches. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> masses with that. No something to ponder. Boom boom. Yeah, man. Uh, what I'm curious, like, what's um, you know, uh, one of your favorite writing prompts to give? <sighs> well, I think it would be. Um, just like everyday things. Okay. Definitely everyday things. Like what do we do in a normal day process? Mm-hmm. What do we do in a normal day? How do we live this day? How do we get to the next day? And um, 
that's basically where I like to prompt people is um, how did we get to the next day? Hmm. Don't just stay in one position, but how did you get to the next position? What decisions did you have to make to go to the next position? So Wow. Yeah. Awesome, man. I, I, thank you for that. I'm very grateful for your stories and your knowledge. We're yeah. about up on anytime, that hour. Anytime, anytime. Do you want to give any shout-outs before we, we end today's show? Like I said, to the Creative Writing Program at UTEP, um, mm-hmm. Lex Willifred especially, Jeff Serkin, Rosa Alcala, um, Sasha Pimento, um, of course, the Writer's Attic, uh, writer group that I'm a Dope part group. of, um, Tumble Words, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Castillo, Julia Heidegger, they're part of the Writer's Attic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 thank yeah. you. Dope, yeah, where, okay, so let's say I love your pictures. Mm-hmm. Where do, how do I, you know, can I holla at you Once for again, photos? You go to um, Instagram, mm-hmm. type in T-A-I-E-M-N-7 mm-hmm. at Instagram.com. You can see the photos mm-hmm. all of El Paso. Yeah, no doubt. Thank it's an interesting you. perspective. Um, it, it I've gained a lot just by, by by following you on social media. Thank you. Like from reading your haikus and your in your photos, they, they are very meditative mm-hmm. and it's they're nice little snapshots of uh, of actually, everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I try. That's when, a, that's exactly what. I When try. is the open mic going to feature him again? Oh, oh we, we gotta, we gotta get another feature that. going. You know what? We got some stuff coming up. We'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, thanks for joining us on the Bwamas podcast. Yeah, thank you, you know, so much. Yeah, like, thanks for having me. Yeah, and if you guys listening like this episode, give us a rating on on Apple Podcasts. You know that always helps boost us yeah. up. So to get us to more listeners, that's you know, right. uh, we're just highlighting, showcasing. All the interesting minds we have here in the region. All right, all right. Creators, cool. So for the Be Honest Podcast, I'm Rich. Rob. Tafari. Tafari. In the house. All right, <laughs> peace, guys. Peace. Peace. peace.